Welcome to Lead On Purpose. I'm James Lachlan, former seven-time world champion musician and now executive coach to global leaders and high performers. In every episode, I bring you an inspiring leader or expert to help you lead your life and business on purpose. Thanks for taking the time to connect today and investing in yourself. Enjoy the show. today's show, I'm incredibly excited to welcome in a true high performer, a former all-black world champion rugby player, an entrepreneur, a leader, a father. Andy Ellis is joining us today. So sit back and enjoy the great conversation. A massive welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast, Andy. How are you? Good to be here. Fantastic. Mate, it's so good to connect. Thanks for making the time. I know you're over in New York. There's a bit of a time difference between the two of us, but an absolute pleasure to connect. Oh, good man. Yeah, Matt, looking forward to having a chat. They tell me this. So you're a Kiwi. Obviously, the accent gives away. You're not, not from New Jersey or New York. So how did you end up all the way over there? Yeah, well, um, I was actually playing playing rugby in Japan um, for the last five or six years, and then and then COVID hit, and um, timing was okay with that because I was sort of going to finish up anyway in Japan and and head home and sort of start the next chapter of my life. But you know, my wife and I were sitting there one day before we we came back, and um, we just said, you know, if, if another amazing opportunity came up, um, you know, we, we probably would still have a crack at it, and that would have to be somewhere like living in London or New York, you know, for us to consider that. But if that didn't happen, then I was happy to come back and start the next chapter. Um, and then, mate, honestly, two weeks later, I, I got a message in the middle of the night from the from the head coach of the New York rugby team and um, asking would I be interested in coming over. And <laughs> I actually thought it was a dream because it came across in the middle of the night and wake up in the morning and that, sure enough, was still there. So we had a good chat about it and, and decided that we'd, we'd take our young family and um, – and come and have another adventure while, while we still can. That's epic. Fantastic. So you're doing something you love. It's, it's been a hobby. It's been a career. It's been a profession. And you're able to do it in one of the, the best cities on the planet. Yeah, and um, it really hasn't disappointed either. We came over in, in February, started February, and there's a great challenge here. Um, rugby's a new sport. Um, but, you know, American people, they love, they love sport and they love entertainment and they love um, – they're tribal, so they love getting in behind things. So, um, you know, it's been great. And, you know, it's, it's cool to, to to kind of give a little bit back to, you know, like share some of my experiences, I suppose, with um, with, with some people here and, and you know, um, try and help grow it a little bit as well. But, no, it's been, been great. The city's incredible. Family are loving it. And, um, yeah, the rugby's a great challenge. That's epic. And you've got so much to offer when you look at your history in rugby. It's it's phenomenal. So I'd love to chat a little bit about that because not everybody who lifts a rugby ball ends up in the All Blacks, arguably the best rugby team on the planet. So how did that transpire? Where did that start? You know, in, in Christchurch as a kid, did you know that's what you wanted? Uh, there's not there's not many young fellas in, in Christchurch or New Zealand that 
they don't pick up a rugby ball and, and kick it around at some stage in their in their youth. Um, so you know, I, I I just loved. I was passionate about it. My 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 dad loved it too. You know, we'd the the classic New Zealand family, I suppose. You know, would get up and watch test matches from overseas in the middle of the night, and I knew the national anthem and the haka when I was about eighteen months old. You know, <laughs> kind of the way it is. Um, so you know, I loved it and passionate. But no, I didn't really ever consider um, the idea of actually playing professionally. You know, I um, just seemed a little bit too far far stretched. You know, I wasn't my my family, my dad and, and my grandparents and uncles and around, none of them are particularly big either. And you know, to be the rugby player, usually got to be fairly big. Um, so I ended up slotting into that halfback role pretty early on anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, I, I went to um, Burnside High School, which is a, a, a good co-ed school in Christchurch. Um, rugby, not a particularly big focus. I think we were in the second division, um, more a music sort of focus at that school. Um, but yeah, I still loved it. Had great coaches and great group of guys, and um, yeah, just just really enjoyed my rugby through that time. Um, and and then I went away and um, I played cricket. When I finished school, I went over to the UK and played cricket. Um, I got a scholarship through the Willows Cricket Club in Christchurch, and um, loved that my time there too. Again, real real good challenge for a seventeen or eighteen year old to be away from mum and dad and try and fend for myself a little bit. Um, grow up a little bit and and then you know, so I love that um then I came back to Christchurch and carried on um with my rugby my when I think I think back to that time rugby was my real passion I loved both cricket and rugby but rugby was was my passion my love and um although I'd sort of been in and out of rep, rep teams really I suppose growing up um I really committed at that at that stage to rugby and um yeah got got stuck into the local varsity team and my club side and yeah that's kind of how it all played out that's brilliant what I like about that Andy is you know you, you didn't say at five years old I'm going to be an all black it's like you you went with life you you kind of pivoted as things came up you took opportunities and then when the timing was right you're like this is it I'm going to commit to this yeah yeah, yeah that's right mate and um like you find you, you go I played with some amazing athletes and skillful rugby players um and like you could have sworn they were destined to to for higher honours, um, but you know the thing is, and, and you find this when you actually get into the All Blacks, is um, a lot of the guys have got a similar story. It's actually um, more about um, how they were able to bounce back from disappointment, um, what sort of adversity they they went through at different stages of, of their career or lives, and um, what sort of resilience I suppose that that built up over time, and then because that's ultimately what kind of um, helps you kick on to that to that next level, you know, being able to deal with those those really tough situations at times and, and push through them and, and um, keep bouncing back and keep bouncing back. And um, I suppose that's kind of a bit of my story, you know. Co-ed school, I'm very big at rugby, missed down a lot of teams and, and then finally kind of got my, my chance and, and under 19s where I kind of took it. You kept punching, like you didn't stop, you just kept like pushing and, and moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and like I say, you, you talk to a lot of those boys in the in the top top performing teams. Their stories would be be similar, you know. A lot of great athletes around there, but um, your ability to to bounce or keep or keep punching, you know, especially when it gets really hard and it doesn't look like there's um, there's a lot of lot of opportunity left. Um, I think that's that's where it happens. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, like, so when I um, I missed out on the Canterbury Under Nineteen Rugby Team. Um, 
and that it was it was then that I was kind of I, I remember I've told this story before, before but um, I remember pulling over on the side of the road um, by Hagley Park and um, I started crying and I was like if I if I haven't made the Canterbury under nineteen team probably rugby's probably not a career or a future for me and I, I had a real it was a real uh, moment I look back on you know and and I, I had a decision that I could make at that point I, I could either go and start getting on the piss with my mates at uni um, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, or I could make a really true, deep commitment to give it, a, give it a chance, give it everything I could, you know, even just six months, just give it everything I could, have no excuses. I don't want to be one of those old boys down in the club room saying oh, I could have or I should have or just wasn't quite my, I, you know. Um, so, so I fully committed to it. Um, and it's amazing the the, the opportunities that come when you're when you're fully committed and and, and that's pretty much what happened. I, I played a, I was playing for the Canterbury under nineteen B team. We played um we played the New Zealand under twenty one team who were preparing for um pre- preparing for their tournament. You know because we were the B team. There's a bit, a bit of a kick around for them. And I played really well on that game. And the and the coach of the New Zealand under twenty one side said I want that that young halfback to to come to the trial next year. And the Canterbury coach was like, no, no, we've got we've got two other halfbacks in the A team. And this coach um, said, no, no, I want I want that young young kid to come along. He's he's going hard. Wow. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, so I went to the I went to the trial um, that next year, which was about four 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 months later. And from that, I made the New Zealand under twenty one team. And then we went on that tour. A couple of months after that, I made the Canterbury NPC team. So three months after that, I made the Crusaders. And then um, at the end of that Crusaders year, about four or five months after that, I made the All Blacks. So That's like, brrr, like super quick. So, mate, honestly, from from kind of crying on the side of the road and making this decision, um, within kind of 18 months, I was running out um, against a seller at Twickenham, you know. Amazing. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's when, when I, um, you know, from, from talking to young people, it's it's – You've always got a decision. You've always got a choice. You always do. And and some sometimes it's really hard to make the choice and it seems like there's not a lot of hope, but you've still got a choice to make. And if you can kick on and push through those those tough times, then you'd be amazed at what you can achieve. That's um, phenomenal so advice. And I look at life. So everyone's life is the same. It's a series of decisions. When you get up in the morning, that's a decision. Do I get up or do I hit the, the alarm? You know, do I eat a healthy breakfast or do I have unhealthy breakfast so decision making process you know any all blacks or any elite athletes that i've had the pleasure of connecting with i like to learn how they make decisions so you made that decision when you're 18 19 and that obviously impacted your trajectory hugely and so now as an adult you're making decisions for your family for yourself for your business so if we can go back to that decision that pivotal decision how did you do what 90% 90% of people wouldn't have done. 90% of people your age would have went from Hagley Park and drove to the Carlton and had a pint and then had 10. <laughs> <laughs> so what helped you make that decision to go and double and down? Let's do this. Oh, look, I, I, I don't know. Um, parents probably played, played a role in that, you know, when I, when I was growing up, not, you know, not to, not to give up on things easily. You know, I, I remember I, um, I played the piano when I was, um, that's six years old, and um, after a couple of months, I'd, I'd had enough of it. Like, I didn't want to kick a ball around, you know. 
And um, there's no way, there's no way, Mum didn't let me. So I was still doing it five years later, miserable. Brilliant. But I, I didn't, I didn't have a choice. Like you, you start something, you, you, don't, you don't stop that. So I think probably there's a bit of that deep down, really going like, yeah, look, are you gonna, are you gonna give up on this, or are you gonna, are you gonna give it a chance? So maybe it's a bit of that, you know. I think maybe my, my upbringing, but um, I'm pretty, um, pretty competitive too. I don't like to, I don't like to give up anyway. So. It's great. Um, yeah, maybe a bit of that. What about pressure? So you would have been in like a little bit of, I'm just hypothesizing, but thinking back to that moment, you would have been a little bit sad, disappointed, maybe upset. Making decisions when you're in that heat of battle is 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 difficult. And sometimes you don't make clear decisions. How do you, in when you're under pressure, whether you're playing on the rugby field or in business, when you're under pressure, how do you make clear decisions? Well, back then I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it, but I've been, I've been really fortunate that I've been in great teams under great, great coaching and management that I've, I've developed processes now to be able to deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, so, so, so now if I'm, if I'm in a pressure situation, whether it's um, waiting for an Uber to get to the to an air, to a, to the airport on time, or, or um, you know, trying to win a big game, I. Um, like a, a breathing is important. I'll always breathe and, and, and concentrate on breathing, get oxygen in, um, into my lungs. Um, I'll also have a, um, a physical um, motion or movement. So for me, I'll, I'll, I'll push my toes into the, gra- uh, into the ground. If it's on the field, it's into the, you know, through my boots into the grass or everyday life, I'll just, I'll just push my toes in, in, into, the, into the ground. Um, and what that does is it, it um, takes your mind off what you're thinking about or what you're stressing about, or, or the or the pressure situation, the mistake you've just made on the field, and when you push, you do something physical. It actually forces you to your brain to stop thinking about that, even if it's just for a second, because you've got to push your toes into the ground. And then when you come back up into your head after a breath, quite often you're able to just focus on that next process or deal with that um, pressure situation. Now, not always. Sometimes you you have to do it again. You know, crowd might still be yelling at you, or you might be feeling feeling a bit on the pump. So you just same again, breath, push toes in, back into your own head and then focus on that next job. And and more often than not, it's a really um it's a really good way just to kind of shift on to that next stage um and be able to execute under pressure again. That's brilliant advice. Yeah, I think of that like a neuro linguistic anchor, like having that anchor of pushing your toe into the ground and that anchors you at a neurological level and allows you to kind of decompress or detach from that situation. I really like that. And it's something that nobody sees you doing like if you've got a pair of rugby boots on nobody knows that you're trying to grind yourself like nobody can see what you're doing in there yeah and you know it, it, you know it kind of makes sense too doesn't it think about it you, it's, it's hard for you to be thinking about something when your brain's telling you to do something else you know mm. and you'll actually see it too out on the field you know if you have a good look at the all black boys that someone makes an error they'll have a they'll have a moment someone someone's just that some touch their shoulder some will some will give themselves a wee hit on the head and you'll think they're saying oh what have you done but actually they're just it's their process to shift on and move on to the next stage, you know. And so most of the guys these days have got got a process that they can work through to to kind of shift their mind into the next stage. It's brilliant. And in your time in the All Blacks, who would you say was a great role model or someone that modelled behaviours, leadership behaviours that you're like, hey, I've learned a lot from that individual. Oh, I mean, again, I've been so fortunate to play with some some of the great players in recent. Um, you know, decades really, um, and coaches too. Like the the coaching ones, 
Wayne Smith really stands out to me as as an incredible coach and um, his behaviours, um, like his work rate to to be the best is just unparalleled. Like he, it's not it's not by accident that he knows almost where the game's going before it's gone there. He's studied so hard. He doesn't miss. He does. He watches just about every every game there is. Um, breaks it down. Figures out where the opportunities are and why they are. Can present it well. So his hard work and and that side of things. And he, he kind of always he tries to lead the way. He tries to go places people haven't been yet. And so he's always pushing the boundaries and always says things. And he said, "Oh, I don't know if that's." I don't know if that's a great call. And, and sure enough, six months later, it's kind of where the game's gone or, you know, what's happening. So you sort of learn pretty quickly to just trust him on that stuff. So Smithy was a big one for me in terms of his his behaviours and his work rate and the way he thought about pushing the boundaries. Um, you know, the other other great leaders are, 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 you know, like my good mates like um, Richie and um, DC, uh, Rito, those boys, um, just so tough and um determined for excellence like you just it's not going to you're just not going to get in their way they've they're so clear on where they want to go and how they're going to achieve it and um to see them work is just a thing to behold it really is and you know I'm, I'm talking about little behaviors too they um just at first out on richie was always the first out on the field didn't matter in fact if it was raining and it was miserable, he'd make sure that he was out there running. He'd run about three laps before anyone else got out there, just to just to show like, it's, it's all right, boys. You know, come with me. Never needed to say it, but well, you always knew. Um, <clears throat> guys like DC, you know, he'd sneak down to the gym late at night to do extra sessions. Um, I mean, he 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 kicked. Yeah, he'd, he'd be down a day days off when he probably wasn't even supposed to. He'd be kicking another hundred shots of goal, you know, just because he wanted to be the best, you know. I don't know how you teach that or train that, um, but it's just a just a way that the boys go about their work. I suppose it was it was always inspiring seeing seeing that this desire. You know that clear vision, as you said, they they knew what they, what they were about and they had this desire. I look at all of you guys who play the elite sport, and I don't see uh, one leader and then lots of followers. I see like all these individual high performance leaders within a team, and you've all got those same attributes in different ways. How have you used those leadership skills and brought them across to the, say, the corporate world or the, the entrepreneurial world? Yeah, well, I think it's a it's been a real development in rugby since I started playing professional rugby as well. As you've almost gone away from the model of a of a captain as such to um, he's the guy that kind of flips the coin, but it's a really strong leadership group that will actually drive a lot of the standards and behaviours in the team and. Um, everyone will have a different turn at, at leading through the week and, and chipping in in a team huddle. It's not look at the captain and let him talk. It's it's the group that's all really aligned. Um, one of the things I I learned probably in my later later, later years around leadership is um, it, it's really got to be like the, the true you. It's got to be what you truly believe in and what you stand for. And a lot of those are your values that you've been brought up with. Um, as a as a as a young person, and if you if you're really true to a lot of those a lot of those values, um, then it comes out as being really honest and really genuine when you lead. Um, and, and so for me, I just I just try and stay really true to that stuff, and that's how I that's how I chat and lead. And um, 
And the beauty is, is everyone's slightly different too. So you get a nice mixture in, in your leadership groups. And so certainly I think that's something that, that transfers really nice into the, the, the business world. Um, you know, I, I feel like some of my characters, I don't really know. Um, but, you know, I, I'd say that I'm, I'm, I'm extremely uh, competitive, um, but I'm very kind, um, um, courageous, um, yeah, kind, caring. Um, I love I love people. I love connecting with people and chatting with people. So, um, and getting to know them and getting to know their families. I really I really enjoy that that side of um, of, of teams. Um, and so, so I can drive that in a rugby team. But also, when I'm away from that and, and involved in you know a couple of the businesses I've got, really love meeting new people and understanding their story and um, and and and. and some of those behaviours I try and action to and, and the business world I'm pretty competitive or pretty um, relentless too I don't really let up so I keep I like to think I keep going until I get something too so um, yeah so I think some of that stuff and 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 when you're when you're your true self um, around your your colleagues or your teammates then that's how you get your respect and and I think it's it's like I've seen it, it's, it's really easy to read read books on leadership and then try and emulate what it says you should be. Um, I think it, it can be seen as false sometimes. You can see through it. So yeah, that, that's that's probably what I've learned through leadership. And and anyone could do it then, right? If you're you're a yeah. high school kid or you're an old man, you know, a lady, you can carry on being true to yourself and, and get that respect through your leadership. I think that's really powerful, particularly for anybody listening. That's an aspiring leader or as a current leader wanting to kind of be more authentic is, you know, it's the answers are not in any books you know, there's some good strategies in books, maybe some good examples, but leadership is uh, on the field, whether that field is grass or whether that field is in the boardroom, like actually getting in and having a really tough day and hitting adversity and facing COVID and getting out the other side as an athlete or as a CEO. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, when you when you when you've got a process to figure that out, like what I've talked about, you sit down and you go, "What do I what do I what do I stand for? What do I really believe in? What's what's really important to me?" And you can write those things down, and then if you drive those things really well, then you'll do a really good job of it because mm-hmm. you believe in it. And with leading, I always look, you know, leading starts with yourself, learning to lead yourself. So where are you headed? So what's the next three to five years look like in your life? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in New York again uh, next season. Um, so that, that'll finish up in June or July. Um, and at this stage, um, I'm, I'm really loving loving it here. I'm, I'm meeting some incredible people in, in the city and um, the, the energy and kind of what you give, you kind of get back in the city too. I've, I've found that the big way too, which, is, which has been inspiring actually, um, living in a city like this. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm not jumping into anything too quickly. Uh, I'm keen to when my rugby time's up, if that's in July, um, I'm keen to give myself six months to just kind of to have a big deep breath and and get my feet back at home and uh, really have a good think about what I want to do next. You know, I've got some got some really cool opportunities, but I want to make sure I get that right. Um, so I know how important goal setting is and, and putting a plan in place, but I'll, I'll decompress a little bit after the. After the after I retire from rugby, and then come up with a really clear plan after that. That's brilliant. But to me, that that shines a light 
on your decision-making process. Like inadvertently, we just uncovered your decision-making process. And that is, hey, sometimes creating space and detaching gives you the clarity of thought to make really good decisions and goals. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I love rugby and I love being involved in it. Um, but I've been involved in it for 15, 20 years now, you know, like full on professionally. So, um, yeah, just, just to step away, big deep breath, you know, I've, I've still got great friends in rugby circles, so we'll keep connecting, but just figure out what, if, if it's going to be involved in rugby, then great. If it's, it's on to another, another adventure, then so be it. But I think it'll be pretty clear when I give myself a few months to figure that out. Mm, I love it. And for those listening who don't know, Andy's also very entrepreneurial and uh, is involved in satellite internet that takes essentially internet to very rural places in New Zealand, giving lots of kids and families access. He's also got an incredible Wagyu beef company and arguably one of New Zealand's top products. If you go to the top restaurants in around Auckland and Christchurch, it's an incredible product. So what else have you you got on the, the cards there that you're excited about? Oh, <laughs> Um, no, they're, they're the kind of the, the, the big two sort of focuses back home. Um, but you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have great people involved with both of those companies as well. So I can be off you know, float, 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 floating around um, New York <laughs> and now home putting in some really hard yards, but, um, yeah, they're, they're two companies that I'm, I'm really passionate about and, and both being startups. So yeah, there's always a little bit of an emotional tie to them too, isn't there? Of course. Yeah. hundred percent. And what I love about that is, you're not talking about me. You're talking about we. You're like, hey, it's a team thing. We've got good people that are we're doing it together. It's a partnership. So it comes back to looking at leadership as a, a we versus me. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose so. You know, it's a, it's a it's a good way to approach it, and and that just is the truth too. You know, it really is. I've got one last question for you before we wrap up, and I know you've got a couple of children, so I want you to think about your kids, and you've you've got to give them one piece of advice, and. They, they come to you and they go, Dad, how do I lead a life of purpose? What would your advice be to them if they asked you that question? Dad, how do I lead my life and lead it with purpose? It's deep. Um, you know, but I think, and I, hopefully I've touched on it a little bit here, um, is to, to kind of be really true to yourself um and and whatever those values are or, or characteristics are um but let that kind of shape shape you a little bit figure out what they are take like take time to write them down and, and uh, my kids are young oh, seven and eleven so they're not there yet quite yet um but but they will and we'll continue talking about this sort of stuff and what's important to them and what their passions are what they're, they're really into and then Really try and um, help them be- believe that they that they can they can go down that track, whatever that is. Yeah, and so it was a little bit of a sorry, it's a little bit of a waffly answer, but I think what I'm trying to say is um, understand what what's really important to you, what what you believe in, and what you care about, and and try and try and find something that that you can go to work every day and really love, or carry on and do and, and really love, you know. At this stage, my son's my son's pretty keen on being some sort of sports person. At the moment, it's American football. But <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Mate, if that's hey, that's what you that's what you want to do, mate. There you go. Back them all the way. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful advice. Um, think- just, 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 sorry. Um, we're talking about kids. One thing that will um, I've always 
I got some advice early on um, back when I was at the Crusaders, actually. Someone came in and, and talked to us. But they said the language that you use to your children is is really important. And um, it's always really remembered that. So um, I, we always used to, I always say to my kids now, like, if they do something really good, I'll say, well, you should be really proud of yourself. And it's it's so easy to say, I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of your son. It's like, you know, this this was great, that was great. It should, it should be, um, you know, you, you should be really should be really proud of yourself. And and I've seen over over time that that's actually really powerful. Now, um, when the kids when when the young fella chip and chases and catches on the fall or whatever, he'll say to me, "Man, I'm proud of myself, Dad." I'm so, it's so good. That's so, so good. good. You're, not, you're not you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for you. And and don't get me wrong. There's definitely an element that your kids need to need to feel like you're really proud of them. And, and of course you give them that love and you, you tell them it, but it's just a little thing that I, I reckon when I think about our kids, it's the stage It's something that's kind of helped me as a parent to, to push. And, and I can see it coming through the kids are really self-fulfilled, you know, to me, that's really powerful. And to be empowering your kids like that, to really have self-love, self-appreciation, self-belief and be proud, you know, those things are really great ways to develop resilience against future mental challenges. We've all got, you know, mental health, whether it's anxiety or depression, we all experience different challenges in life and to be showing them from a, you know, a very young age to be proud of themselves. That's, that's incredible. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it for them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm certainly no expert in this stuff, but um, it was just something that an expert had come in and told us so that when the kids were really little and, and something we kind of driven and, I feel has made a, has been a really cool thing we've been able to drive with the kids. You see it come through then. And that's another thing, like just thinking to your time in the Crusaders and professional sport, you get access to incredible experts. And the same when you're in the, the entrepreneurial field, you get to rub shoulders and have lunch with experts in different fields. So that's another trait of a high performer like yourself is that you listen. You listen and then you take action on the little nuggets that are applicable to where you're at. I've been so fortunate. Um, to, to have that, but both um, both great players and coaches and management around, but but also yeah, you're right. The the people that that, that get in and, and present and, and help with uh, mental skills or um, or with opportunities um, outside of rugby, um, whatever they are, it's a, yeah, really fortunate. And you know, it's been great because I, I love having a crack. So most of the time, I'm I'm all in. You know, I'll say yes to pretty much anything. Um, so you know, it's. Uh, it's, it's it's been it's good fun and 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 yeah, like I say, very very fortunate to have met a lot of the, a lot of these people on, on my journey. And and you know something I encourage to to young rugby players or young sports people too is to is to try and jump it as much as you can when you when you are. I mean, don't get me wrong, you, you've got to with business opportunities and stuff, you've got to take time and go through through that stuff the right way. But I mean, just in general, you know, if there's a, if there's a try and say yes more than you say no, I reckon is a good way to approach it. It's a great, great advice. Good, good for your kids too to know they can give, give things a crack and, and try things and experience things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I just want to say a massive, massive thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to connect. And I look forward to once you get back to New Zealand to connecting in person. Sounds great, man. My pleasure to come on anytime, bud. Now, cheers. You take good care. <laughs> Thanks, bro.
Thanks for tuning in today and investing in your own personal leadership. Please hit that subscribe button and I'd love if you'd leave me a rating and review. I've got some amazing guests lined up for you in the coming weeks and leaders, it's that time to get out there and lead your life on purpose.